0: Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit. The only podcast in the planet that forgot to write an intro as to what we were this time, so I'm just waiting.
1: I can guarantee we're not the only one on that
0: one. Yeah, maybe.
1: But we are the only only podcast on the planet that forgot to write an intro for Raw and Order WBU.
0: Touchy. 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 Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, for anyone who's new to the podcast, uh, this is uh, the segment where we go through and we discuss the air quotes crimes in professional wrestling. Uh, We usually try to keep it relatively positive, but these last couple weeks have been a little tough for us to stay really positive. So um, hopefully we can get a little bit back to that this time each week. Uh, I am joined by my co host and partner in crime fighting, uh, Assistant District Attorney Irwin Michael Keith Fabe. DA,
1: I am K Fabe. So happy to be here. Um, I think the only way we're going to keep it positive right now is to focus on the positive. So let's do that tonight.
0: Okay. Um, uh, you started last week, so I'll start this week and get to crime number one.
1: Stay out your case, brother. I'll counterpoint.
2: Crime number one.
0: <laughs> I don't know if there's too much, it all got caught on video. Uh, I am charging Bailey with no less than eight counts. Of inflatable wacky wavy arm guys collectively known as the Bailey's buddies murder uh, on TV live on TV she murdered eight of them in cold blood though I, think... I, I am willing to offer a reduced sentence due to the absolutely sweet new haircut and duds she was wearing so there's a little bit
2: there
1: uh, I believe that this charge is is um, pretty solid here I think that it's uh, again caught on film um, we do have to classify what level of murder this is um, I'm gonna say first
0: degree I, <clears throat> I, I don't oh. think this remotely lands in manslaughter that was not accidental oh no, yeah it is definitely pre I mean she she hid the weapon out there <laughs> yeah she came in with a concealed weapon Um, it wasn't exposed. even like it, it was like a, a made weapon. So she actually premeditated to make that weapon and then yeah. put it out there by them and then allowed them to get all excited, got their hopes all up, and then slaughtered them in absolutely cold blood.
1: I wish everybody could see your, your illustration of Got Their Hopes All Up. You became a wacky waving inflatable arm tube guy. It was great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I uh, it's interesting. And uh, here's the deal. I don't think we can charge Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns for all the times that they've literally crashed cars into each other or other people or or Eric Rowan for crashing a car into Ron or into into uh Roman's vehicle. I don't think you could charge those as well as you can this particular event. Um this is pretty solid. That's a that's a significant, solid crime that you've just pointed out there. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't
0: think, I mean... Forget that. <laughs> she could maybe argue duress because uh, she was under stress after having lost the uh, belt the week before or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, innocent by way of insanity? You know? Tem- temporary mm-hmm. insanity? but yeah
2: i don't so, know but...
0: yeah I, I i have to
1: i have to agree um, yeah that's that's pretty undeniable
0: i don't know i mean may, maybe she can argue she felt threatened because they were waving their hands around in a threatening manner maybe
1: maybe she felt like that was supposed to be her safe space and they were violating her safe space with all of their loud behaviors.
0: Yes, and man, wacky way. I mean, you get one of those things up in your face, you might be a little bit scared, too.
1: You could be. You could be self-defense. I mean,
0: you never know when one of those things is going to flat back down and hit you right in the face. Exactly. But it's hard to argue all of that with the premeditated improvised weapon that she had. That's, I think, the linchpin to the case. Yeah, I really like, have to like, if, if she had come out, and they waved around, and then they got all in her face, and she started scratching at him and, and killed him that way? Yeah, maybe. Like, Cesaro murdering the beach ball a couple months ago, right? Yeah,
1: well, that made sense, because it was out of nowhere. It was like an arcade. Yeah, I
2: mean,
0: exactly. He was threatened, and he was defending himself.
1: Yeah, but in, absolutely. But in this... Bailey's... Yeah, this was this was uh, this was removing her fandom.
0: Yeah, that being said, like I said, I'm offering a reduced sentence because uh, she did something that very rarely happens in women's wrestling, at least in WWE. AEW hasn't been around long we, enough. Revamped her character, but revamped her look entirely, and importantly, cut her hair short because it got rid of the side money. Yeah, it's not super short. It's a bob, a little bit longer than chin level sort of a thing. But so often, uh, and my wife has noticed this before, because my wife sometimes likes to rock shorter hair. uh, And she's noticed it before that none of the female superstars in WWE ever have short hair for any extended period of time. Some of them start off with relatively short hair. Like, Ruby Riot started off with relatively short hair. And uh, s- shortly after she came to the main roster, started growing it out. And eventually, now she's got long hair. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. I mean, all the way down to NXT, you don't really see very many uh, female superstars with short hair. Uh, and so, Bailey having the ability to do that is, is good, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I kind of wish she would have gotten a little shorter, but, you know, that's that's a comfort level. I mean, it's one of the things well, I like know, so much.
1: The only the other person wrestling who wrestling. has done short hair was Vicky Guerrero, so, I mean, I guess maybe you're just saying you're a heel. I'm a heel. Look at me.
0: I'm a heel. I mean, Not maybe I am a heel. You don't know. I, don't. I, I mean, you know, there's there's good police officers and bad police officers, right? No, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking in reference
1: to. <laughs> but know. I've got short hair. You know, the interesting thing is, she did actually, and this is one of the few times that this has happened. She actually used the weapon the way it was intended to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last it time I saw that a dull head. Was, what, What's that?
0: She didn't hit him with the dull end.
1: Correct. Or or. Uh, the last time I think that happened, with the exception of the unnamed event that happened about two and a half weeks ago, um, the, that, that actually happened was when Sting had a bat, and he mm-hmm. actually swung a bat like a bat.
0: Yeah. So, that was kind of... Instead kinda... of covering the end of it with his hand and hitting them with the back of his hand?
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, equally effective as swinging a bat.
0: That's why they do it in baseball all the time. Exactly. That's why there are even some people who don't even use a bat. They just go up to to the plate and say, pitch me the ball. I'm going to swing my bare hands at it. Because
1: that's equally effective. There are no people who do that. Oh.
0: There there are none. None?
1: None. Zero? Zero. This never happened in baseball. Uh, As far as I know, no. At least not. (laughs) Not the pros. I mean, I mean, yeah. Maybe literally. If on NXT, that's a
0: different story. <laughs> but that's the deal. Like, you go down to NXT, you've got Rhea Ripley, who's got short-ish hair, um, shaved on the side, and she looks all badass with it. And then you look at all the other girls in NXT, and they've all got long hair. I, um, I guess I never really realized this, but you're right. Across the board. You know? And, and there have been, over the years women who on the indies have shorter hair. Um, and and then they go up to, to the pros. Go up to WWE and NXT. And I, I, I gotta backtrack. I said they go up to the pros. They are pros on the indies. Um, they just they go up to the big leagues, is what I meant to say. To,
1: to the major
0: paychecks. Yes. Uh, and then suddenly they grow their hair out really long. And uh, I ju- I think it's a shame. I think there are women in the world, girls in the world, who do need to be shown that you can be attractive and badass with shorter hair. That uh, having Warboll ball- Molly, yeah, yeah, and that's you. The- Molly Holly back in the day rocked the short hair. Um... And even even later on, and when she came back, when she came back for the Royal Rumble not too long ago, she had shorter hair, and and she kicks a lot of ass. Um, So. So that's why I'm I'm willing to offer that reduced sentence, and who knows, maybe I'll even reduce it farther if Bailey um, continues to uh, be badass instead of slowly rolling back this character and pretending like it didn't happen, as happens so often in WWE, with the response they
2: want.
1: Here, so so I will, um, with that with that same line because you did kind of bring up the existing storyline. I will say. How do you put the pals on the same brand, Sasha and Bailey? And now you don't have an established title contender. I mean, you do, but she's not in My Crime Later,
0: so we'll go ahead and bring that up in a little bit. Well, that's the deal is like, you know, we've got... uh, I mean, about the only thing I can think of is that they're going to like really kind of push someone that we're not used to someone that's maybe not been in the main event recently I
1: so there are there are what four women on Smackdown who have been a women's title holder um Bailey obviously the current champion Alexa um Sasha and Carmella and that's it right
0: um Yeah. That's it.
1: That's it for me. Wait, where did Feel the Glow go?
0: Uh, At the moment, as far as I know, we don't know. So Um, she's creating. Yeah, I I, I didn't see today if they officially uh, made any announcement. Right now, Wikipedia is showing her on uh, Raw. But that could be just that that's where she was before the draft, and since they haven't announced anything, they didn't. uh... Well,
1: I mean, there's always... So they could surprise us and say, oh, well, Alicia Fox is on SmackDown, and technically she's (laughs) held in (laughs) its title.
0: Oddly enough, you bring up Alicia Fox. Apparently, she has been moved to the alumni section. Of WWE.com
1: Oh yay! Good for Alicia! Finally where she belongs
0: in the alumni section But about the only thing I can think of uh, on this whole thing is, you know I mean they moved Alexa Bliss uh, over to SmackDown with Nikki Cross uh, so they could go potentially after the, the tag belts Um But at the same point alexa bliss is a multiple time smackdown women's champion so maybe they have her i mean she's been teasing a face run one way or another uh ember moon uh apparently has an ankle injury and is out for a bit but she definitely could try to make a run at the title um Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville could either of them make a run at the title if they didn't have them in the tag hunt um, yeah I mean well
1: I mean there's there's a lot you, we, Mella, I've said it before Mella's, Mella's title run was underrated so was. Um, and some people would say underwhelming but I, I would say it, it turned out a lot better than anybody thought it would at first so um, yeah that's I'm okay with that so but that's not on to that's that's a different crime altogether separate we are still talking about Bayway. Um I uh, I am willing to make that indictment and um, I think that we've we've actually presented a pretty solid case here if not please go watch the footage yeah said, I mean, and it's
0: pretty damning
1: and we're gonna count on the jury to provide some uh, insight as to whether or not they think this is first degree, second degree, second degree, or manslaughter.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, so, maybe they've got some cases that they can present to us to, to sway us one way or another. But it's pretty damning evidence. It's awesome damning evidence. Oh yes, it was <laughs> well well worth the wait. I mean, we've yeah. been waiting for a heel turn from. Bailey for a long time and uh, the way she did it you know instead of just continuing this kind of tweener gimmick that she's had recently where she pretends to be a face but then she does heelish things just coming out and just being full on heel right from the beginning and I need to, to hear her music her new music like as full because the little bit we heard last week uh, as she was leaving Uh, sounds uh, really pretty cool because you you can't have her be heel and have the same
1: upbeat (laughs) uh,
0: music so yeah, yeah, absolutely
1: so yeah um, to the jury we're looking for either a conviction or acquittal and in the conviction instance we need to know uh, at what level is this murder committed so
2: yeah Let's go. Cool.
0: Okay. So now we move on to what do you got for me? Crime number two.
2: Crime number two.
1: Crime number two. Crime number two is um, copyright infringement. And it is on AEW and NXT for stealing the copyright of WCW versus WWF at the time in the 90s. And both writing stellar storylines in comparison to any of their competition, apparently only because they're in competition. Um, The storylines last night were fantastic. Um, I, uh, I would, I would, I would start off with, um, Roderick Strong and his exceptional interference in the number one contenders match. Um, I think if you haven't watched it, I apologize. I'm not going to go any farther than that. Um, but yeah, that interference set up a long-term storyline. It was great. Um, even the bad story that was written, and this was going to be my other crime, but I'm going to include it in this one. The bad story that was written. I don't understand why when somebody comes back from an injury, they all of a sudden have to be a title shot contender. Um, yes, I'm talking to you, Tegan Knox. There was absolutely no reason for you to be named as a title contender. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, NXT was a home run. Um, AEW in terms of storyline, did a great job of doing what WCW oh so well did and put two title shots on television. Mm-hmm. Now, if only at some point we can get a title change on television. But, um, and and that, they, I mean, that, you and I both said the worst match, what you thought was the worst match last night, at least on AEW, was Rio versus Brent Baker. And that was still a
0: great match. <laughs> yeah, and that's not knocking that match. I'm just saying oh, the match awesome. quality was high. And, yeah. and it was the lowest of these
1: high ones. So um, if this is an indication of what's coming in the future, um, I am convicting them to continue, and their hard time is to continue producing at this level in terms of matches and everything. I don't even know, need the showmanship that, that was in the days of the 90s. I don't need the, the pyro and all that. Like, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I pretty much agree with you here. Um, I just, someone posted on one of the groups I'm on, and uh, they, they were basically saying that AEW's not putting... Uh, Any storylines together. They're just doing great matches. And I just wanted to comment back, who the heck are you, uh, what the heck are you watching? They had uh, movement in the Britt Baker uh, storyline, if only because she came out with a black eye. So that's setting up the storyline still you with her that. pretty soon. Yep. Uh, and and she just barely lost the match against Riho, which means it's setting up the storyline for Down the Road her to say, I want another shot, and yeah. getting that second shot. So, so he's have...
1: been in it. who's 23 and been in it for what is that? 14 years of wrestling history.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Unbelievable! Unbelievable!
2: Yeah. She's amazing.
0: And then, and then you had uh, the storyline of Kenny Omega trying to fight back from these losses that he's had, trying to get back to the old him. Uh, you had the sa- basically the same storyline going on with Hangman, you know, of, of trying to shake off these losses. I mean, here he came into the first episode of Dynamite as the number one contender, and, and then he lost, and then he lost again. And, you know, going into the third week, he's trying to get a win back. Um, you know on AEW Dark you had Kenny Omega trying to get a win back in an unsanctioned match so it wasn't even a count towards his win-loss total but it was like I just need to establish some momentum I just need to do something And well, an and- absolute banger of a match if you haven't watched AEW Dark if only for the Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela match watch it it's amazing
1: and the other thing to, to throw in that exact same equation the, the other two people on the opposite side of the ring in that very match that you're talking about, they developed a character in Pac, and that he's a title contender, wants to be a title contender, wants to keep the undefeated, wants to go, or,
0: you know, uh, yeah, I think he's undefeated still, isn't he? Pac. Uh, technically, he took the loss there, so he's undefeated in singles, but he has a loss in, in tag right. match. So, um, yeah, and, so but that's there's the deal. That. Like, he, he tried to stop mox from interfering, or not interfering, but from using a weapon in that match which would cause a disqualification and a loss in his column uh, because he was concerned about making sure he won, making sure he didn't have that loss. And of course Moxley said "Get threw up the double deuces uh, and
2: and, uh,
0: yeah, well, not just bailed on him, hit him with the paradigm shift uh, and then bailed, you know? and so setting up for him to take the loss in that match so now you've got uh heat between him and moxley a storyline built up there uh you've got of course the tag tournament storylines going forward uh we've got a storyline
1: with mox out of that too yeah and we talked about this earlier today without without me really saying hey this is gonna be my crime tonight um you know, Mox had a storyline built right there. A storyline we've been begging for from The Fiend. Or a character somewhere on television. And that was somebody whose motivation isn't the title, but their motivation is kind of more or less chaos. Like, I'm a chaotic person and I'm going to ruin your life. And that's who I am. And Mox is
0: exactly that right now. And so that's the deal. I I really think they've done a lot of setting up storylines on this. Um, I mean, even, like I said, the tag team tournament matches still set up storylines. Storylines for outside of it with uh, Christopher Daniels getting injured before the match, attacked by the Lucha Brothers. Now that sets up a storyline for SCU versus the Lucha Brothers, regardless of how the tag tournament continues. Although... In fairness, it looks like that probably hints towards SCU versus Lucha Brothers in the finals, um, right. which is fine. It still sets up that storyline. Uh, you know, they did have to kind of think on their feet with the injury to Luchasaurus before the show and come up with with some you know some things they could do to try to set up. But now you've got a storyline now with how do, uh Jurassic Express survive and continue without their big man. You know, yeah, you that's... got two tiny people, <laughs> to... well, and try to. And
1: God bless, one of them actually makes Jungle Boy look big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like last night,
0: Jungle Boy looked large. Yeah. it was kind of cute because there were a couple times that Jungle Boy put Marco up on his shoulders, just like uh, Jungle Boy gets put up on Luchasaurus. Yeah. Shoulders.
1: So right at the very very beginning, it happened. Yeah. Uh, the other the other interesting thing to that same to that same match, again. And, and and I hadn't realized it because I haven't seen any Lucha Bros outside of AEW. So this is the first time I've seen Lucha Bros inside of AEW where they aren't facing a air quotes heel team. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson were trying to play a heel. Um, I really think they're more they're better suited as tweeners. I cannot believe the story that was told by the Lucha Brothers in that match. I hated those guys by the end of that match. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are really... You guys are are MJF on the mic level heels in a match. Like, I just do not like you guys right now. (laughs) I could not believe how, how frustratingly annoyed I was with those guys. And so, yeah, there were stories told all night long. And that's just AEW. Let alone was told on NXT... Did you get a chance? I know that I know that I had to miss two matches out of AEW. I know that you had to miss part of NXT. Have you gotten a chance to catch it yet? I haven't
0: caught all of it. I read the the results and and caught some highlights, but with uh, the patrol today taking ten hours and and, um, and <clears throat> you know the the uh, thing is I was sick yesterday after getting yeah. the podcast. Uh, Uploaded uh, late, I late can't. Tuesday night for um, for the FBI. Uh, I was sick and my daughter was sick yesterday. So when AEW went off the air, I uh, went upstairs, got ready for bed, and started watching the DVR of, of NXT. But I only probably got about half of it done before I was pretty much out like a light. So I haven't really got to watch all of it. Well, and hopes uh, not to
1: play too many spoilers. Um, and I don't. I know we talked a little bit about the Keith Lee match. Keith Lee and Dijakovic um, had a match. Um, well worth the watch if you guys get a chance. Go watch it today or in the next couple days. And you haven't seen it. Um, I thought a phenomenal story was told there. Um, I also think that it's a very predictable story, and we're okay with predictability so long as you tried to sell us that it's not predicted. I think as fans, all of us are okay with that. I think frequently in WWE in the, in the main roster, we see a lot of, uh, uh, what did I call it this morning? Shock for the sake of shock. You know, just, just the goal is, Oh, we're going to throw some shock factor at people. Um, and we didn't have to, we didn't have to have shock factor with that. Um, there was the shock factor with with, uh, um, Roderick Strong interfering, but yeah, as a whole, um, really, I think they built they built at least three weeks out of a storyline there, which is great. So, um, and they're they're quickly approaching
0: War Games, aren't they? NXT is. Um, War Games should be their Same. next uh pay per view, but. It uh, should be tied to Survivor Series, so not till November. Okay,
1: okay, that's what I thought. So, so
0: they—I
1: I don't know of another faction you can you can throw out other than for the third year in a row, Undisputed Era in War Games. I don't know who you would, who else, who else. I don't know how you pull Undisputed Era out of that. Yeah. Maybe they can. I don't know. They're pretty good at that. So
0: yeah we're looking like uh yeah war games on the 23rd and survivor series on the 24th of November. So but yeah I mean that's that's just barely over a month and a half you know, yeah not even quite a month and a half just barely over a month right now. So, so I so- think
1: they've started started the development of that storyline too then um and again I will I will say the worst storyline told last night in my opinion.
0: Was Tegan Knox is suddenly going to be a title
1: contender?
0: Well, Maybe? and I, th- <laughs> I think the storyline they're setting up with that is not that she's going to be a title contender right away. It's that um, Shayna's uh, a bitch. Yeah, Shayna, but Shana's going to keep keep moving the the in post for her. That Tegan's going to come and do another match and beat someone bigger, someone of a uh, bigger name. And then uh, Shayna's still going to be like, no, you still don't deserve a title match. And that she's going to effectively run a gauntlet of a bunch of people. I mean, it's basically Control C, Control v on the Kofi story from uh, last year. Um, no, but uh, but I think sense. that's kind of what they're doing. I think they're really setting um, Rhea Ripley up for the, the immediate threat to Shayna. Yep. And that Tegan's going to be down the road. Um, and maybe not even be for Shayna. Maybe you know, be for Rhea Ripley. Because I think if they, if there's anyone right now that they take the belt off of Shayna for, it's it's Rhea Ripley. Um, I thought they were gonna do it with Candice LeRae. So weren't
1: they? I thought they were kind of leaning towards a Ripley. Aren't they doing Ripley versus Bianca Belair next week?
0: Uh, I think they are. I think they're they're gonna set up for. This is entirely speculation. We're we gonna put this out there again. We aren't insiders. We don't know anything more than what we read on the interwebs. Um, but and what, we're not gonna the, make up a story and say our sources say. Yeah, we have no sources. Our sources are the interwebs and Wrestle Talk and what culture and sometimes cultaholic and and um, but. Uh, what I've been seeing the speculation is that they're going to set up for uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair uh, to then set up either a triple threat, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and Shayna all in one, or potentially a uh, fatal four-way by throwing uh, Tegan Knox in there or something, or an Io e- 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 Shirai in there. Um, So you've got, like, these four phenomenal women. There was a little bit of talking about Dakota Kai last night, so maybe... There was a little bit of that. Dakota Kai is is really good friends with uh, Tegan Knox. Yep. Uh, And so I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't see uh, some sort of women's tag storyline come out of that. I know... They specifically did not say NXT for the women's tag belts recently, but because months ago they hinted that the women's tag was going to have across all three brands, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't bring that up at some point. But
1: Well, and, and I don't think the Iconics have been drafted yet, have they?
0: Uh, Not officially as far as I know, but... Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I saw them on the Raw uh, roster on Wikipedia. So... Uh, so,
1: right now, the only... The only the only s- named tag, female tag teams are the Kabuki Warriors and Iconics. Everybody else is two people put together,
0: right? Um, yeah, I mean, you got Fire and Desire, which is uh,
2: Mandy sort of. Rose
0: and Sonya Deville. Yeah, that's um, named it. So, I guess they technically counted the named one. But, so, yeah, that's... See that happen. Um uh, like, that, that weren't just kind of throwing the Sloon together. Yeah. I mean, I could see, uh, with Liv Morgan now officially back on Raw, uh, as well as Sarah Logan on Raw, I could see them Logan reuniting the Riot squad. Uh, yeah. Ruby Riot's yeah. out with a shoulder injury and could be out for a long time, so... Um, and then you know you've got uh, Nia Jax and Tamina but they're now on separate brands and in uh, uh, Nia Jax is uh, they're they also not a structure. named tag team like they're they, they, Nia Jax and Tamina they, they had been playing with a tag name together and it was uh, a play on the Samoan SWAT machine Samoan SWAT. but I can't remember what they called themselves but it was only briefly Anyways, um, about the only thing with the, the NXT and AEW storylines uh, from last night that might have a little bit of weight to it is people complaining <clears throat> about the rope breaks in the uh, street fight. Uh, Philadelphia street fight. Uh, well, I can't be upset, though, because they said it beforehand. It wasn't like a surprise... Now, they said it on the commentary. The apparently, people at the, the actual arena say they were not told specifically, and so that's part of why that they were, were confused about it. But here's the deal. My memory, going all the way back to early WCW, was always that street fights... Uh, the difference between a street fight and a no-disqualification fight was that a no-disqualification fight anything goes there's truly no disqualification but a street fight allowed weaponry but was not supposed to allow external interference it was not a no disqualification it was still mano a mano man on man you know one-on-one fight and the pinfall or submission the only way you could win was pinfall or submission had to take place inside the uh the ring right And here's why that's important. When you grab the ropes, um, put your hand over the ropes, put your foot over the ropes, by rule, you are effectively outside the ring, right? So it's not a rope break in terms of, Chris Jericho, you're going to be disqualified if you don't drop this hole. It's a rope break in terms of, as long as Darby Allen has his hand on that rope, Chris Jericho cannot win.
1: Period. Yeah, he can't get a pin.
0: You can't get you can't a pin or a long, submission.
1: As, as long as Chris Jericho's say feet are on the ropes.
2: Yep.
0: Darby Allen cannot get a pin. pin or submission. Because yeah. a part of their body falls outside the ring. It's why. In a street fight, you can't pin someone on the ring apron or, or on the floor outside because the pinball has to take place inside the ring. The submission has to take place inside the ring. And by putting your hand on the ropes or your foot on the ropes, you are effectively now no longer contained inside the ring. And and I think ultimately, to use a football reference, it's like breaking the plane. Um, it's, it's the rule in football that causes so much... American American football to uh, qualify that, an American football that causes a lot of confusion. Um, On most plays, uh, the end zone, that white line on the end zone, you can basically consider it a a giant invisible wall. And if any part of the ball crosses that invisible wall, even just the the very very tip of it, invisible wall, yeah,
1: the tip, just the tip
0: the tip uh it's effectively it right um now there are some things in football that qualify that but it's it's that's why i say it's kind of a good analogy for this if darby allen can get his hand on that rope he is now effectively no longer in the ring and by no longer being in the ring uh that submission no longer can be effective now the
1: other it, side of the well, hold on. It can still be effective because you can maintain holding that
0: submission. Well, and that's what I was going to say is Chris Jericho doesn't have to break the hole, but he does have to know that he cannot win the match now with that hold because Darby Allin is out of the ring. And yes, so. He said hold.
1: Then pull him back into the
0: ring, And then yes. reapply the hold. So even um, if he
1: lets go ropes and you drag him forward you must release said hold before mm-hmm. you can start the one that fin- that finishes him. The yeah. interesting thing is, though, you can have him, I mean, you can leave a submission on for hours if you need to.
0: Yeah, because so. he couldn't have been disqualified for it, uh, huh. but she was notifying him, hey, he's got the ropes you cannot win right now with this hold. Um, yeah. And so, but that's the, the the thing is, like for me, all this outrage from people saying, "Oh, they have you know uh, rope breaks in a in a street pipe," and you know since when have they been that? And my thoughts are since forever. I remember that way back in early to mid '90s WCW. It's always been a rule. I, I at- think a lot of the
1: pain from that though stems from. This match, this match, this match, this match. Oh, we're going to have a ladder match. We're going to have a TLC match. TLC match is not the same as a ladder match. TLC is the same as a ladder match, only it has chairs and tables involved. A tables match is if you put somebody through the tables. A TLC match is not. If you put somebody through the tables in a TLC match, it doesn't mean squat.
0: <laughs> you know, a chair. I kind of is wish they'd bring back the dog collar matches. Do you the, remember the dog collar
1: matches? The leather strap matches. The now strap down. matches.
0: Where, where to win the match, you had to, to touch, all uh, touch all four corners. In sequence. In sequence, yes. And and the opponent, of course, strapped to you or dog-collared to you or however to you, had to stop you uh, from doing that. I think those were in tons same. of them. And then and do was, the same for right?
1: Yeah. In fact, uh, Dustin was known for those in his early days of WCW. It was a bowl rope match. Big yep. time. So, so who knows, maybe see the last up. person I remember being big on him was JBL, and he lost to Eddie Guerrero in the last one that he had.
0: I remember that. Maybe we'll see him come back and eat up. I mean, Cody likes to hit hit the old school things, so, so.
1: those those are fun. But in, the the excess of gimmick matches. And the inconsistency of gimmick matches we've seen over the last 20 years, I think, has led to some of that fan confusion. It's also why I like so much that they said, "In a Philadelphia street fight," I realized they named it Philadelphia because they were in Philly. But in and and I would be okay with saying, "In a Detroit street fight," when you're in Detroit, um, this is allowed,
0: but this is not, or whatever it may be. just
1: lay out the rules to the match beforehand
0: that's all i want about to alienate any of our uh, listeners from detroit but you know i was just thinking oh in the detroit street fight, dirty needles are acceptable wow i've been to detroit i hated every second of it there i've never i
1: didn't want to get out of the car that's for sure when i went but
0: that's
1: okay um
0: Uh, i
1: find it anyway The way we welcome Canada is with Detroit and Buffalo. The way Canada welcomes us is with Toronto. I would say we get the better end of the deal when we go visit.
2: Yes,
0: yes, we do. I went up to Canada once through Detroit and Windsor and across, you know, uh, and uh, Detroit welcomed me by uh, having a big bright light that led me to a casino where I won $20 that I then spent at a Tim Hortons for donuts. So, effectively, Canada welcomed me by giving me donuts.
1: Boy, Canada. What a great friend.
0: I yeah. love Canada.
1: Anyway. They gave us Lance Storm.
0: Yes. If I could be serious for a minute. <laughs> I love Lance Storm. I've always told this story. I know I've told it to you, but I want to get it out there to the, the listeners here. I went to a WCW house show Back in, I'm gonna mute. I, I love 90, this story. 99 or 2000, I want to say, at a small uh, arena in in Kearney, Nebraska, which is basically as center of the United States as you can kind of get east to west. Uh, little little town, less than 30,000 people, uh, this little uh, event center seats maybe 4,000 people tops, and this WCW event. I go to it, um, I'm, I'm seeing a signal saying 5,000 people, whatever, give or take, but I go to this house show, and uh, I, I'm standing there, and Lance Storm comes out, and I'm just stoked, I'm like, Lance Storm, you rock! And then this little kid, probably about, I don't know, eight years old, maybe less, turns around and looks at me and goes you like him but he's foreign and I just lost it because you know (laughs) the whole reason to hate Lance Storm according to the storyline was that he was from Canada and this kid bought into it heart and soul and I then bought into it by going down and buying a Lance Storm t-shirt (laughs) <laughs> Lance Storm is the man
1: yeah, Lance, well, he's great in the ring too So, alright we've spent enough time on this crime and um, all of its diversions that it can have Jury it's up to you are AEW and NXT guilty of copyright infringement of the WWE and WCW of the 90's in that they have decided to compete with one another And write the best storylines we've seen in quite some time. That's up to the jury.
0: And what's up to us is crime number three.
2: Crime number three. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's you.
0: So, having having spent a bit of time in the last one talking about the rules of uh, Philadelphia Street Fight, it actually segues pretty good into crime number three. Uh, I am charging WWE with not following the rules to their own draft. They set up these rules...
2: This Uh,
1: just became a double crime. Congratulations. Crime three and four are the same. We get a little extra time tonight, brother. uh, uh,
0: I was wondering if this would
1: be. (laughs) Oh, I'm so Uh, mad at you. I'm going to give you my reason after you're
0: done, but go for it.
2: uh,
0: my, My, the biggest thing is they made these rules, right? They said, okay, here's the draft. Uh, we've split up all of the superstars into two groups, uh, right? You've got uh, the ones that are going to be uh, uh, you know, on SmackDown. I think it was 30 superstars available on SmackDown. And then you had uh, 40 superstars on Raw. And so a total of 70 superstars. Which was superstars and tag teams listed together as one. Uh, You then had uh, matches that made no sense for determining uh, pick order because the other rules. We don't put title
1: versus title.
0: Yeah. Well, the biggest thing was you you had okay. For every two draft picks SmackDown got, Raw got three, which is fine because Raw's a longer show. and needs more superstars. But by nature of that, that means that for every round, there would be three Raw picks and two SmackDown picks. The only way to do that without being clunky is to do Raw picks one, SmackDown picks one, Raw picks one, SmackDown picks one, Raw picks one. That's it. But then they had these matches to try to... You know, oh, who, whichever one wins this match uh, gets gets the first pick. Well, of course Raw was going to win the match because they need to have the first pick for the picks to come out even. That's number one. Number two, you had Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins uh, on SmackDown fighting for the first pick. Uh, despite the fact that by their own rules, they are no longer on either show. So, Roman Reigns was fighting for SmackDown to get the first pick, uh, despite the fact that Roman Reigns might not even be on SmackDown. Like, he could have won the match, SmackDown gets the first pick, and the first thing that happens is, uh, you know, SmackDown picks uh, Seth Rollins and Raw picks Roman Reigns. So suddenly, the team that he was just fighting for to get the first pick, he's not on. Uh... So that was just stupid. I mean, why even bother having them do that? You just flat out say, hey, Raw gets the first pick since they've got more picks to get through. We'll alternate at that point. You don't even need this stupid match. It was the same thing. I mean, at least the one on Raw, you had Becky Lynch, who had already been picked by SmackDown, fighting for SmackDown. But it still was stupid because we knew Raw was going to win because Raw has more picks and therefore for them to do the alternating five picks each round It only makes sense.
1: You actually got it wrong. Becky
0: Lynch had been picked by Raw already. Oh yeah, excuse me. Had been picked by Raw. I just misspoke. I it was the same thing. Yeah, I knew what you meant. I just wanted to make sure that the
1: fans didn't think we we make this up as we go. But then
0: the, the next part of the rule was, and I quote: "Any undrafted superstars will immediately be declared free agents and be able to sign with the brand of their choosing." So at the end of SmackDown, anyone from the SmackDown pool who was not picked on SmackDown was supposed to be considered a free agent and could go to any place, to either side, whichever way they wanted to. Uh, But then on on Saturday, I get a notification on my phone that WWE had just announced a slew of supplemental picks. From that Saturday. There was a bunch of people from that. I'm like, those aren't draft picks. Because they should have been free agents You stupid schmucks. Right? If you'd have just announced it as, you know, free agent signings, I wouldn't have this issue. But you specifically announced them as additional draft picks that took place on uh, on Saturday. Which, by your own rules, that you took the time to write out on your little computer and post on the internet. Right? They should have been free agents. And that just makes me angry. And then to make it even more frustrating, on Monday when they're going through the draft picks, uh, Raw picked Humberto Carrillo, who I love, but he was on the SmackDown list. So by your own rules, he shouldn't have been available to be picked on (sighs) Raw. Crap, we forgot to draft a guy.
2: Yeah, we, because we, he should have been
0: afraid. after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, like, and then the side charge in this is that um, they, they made just stupid, sometimes predictable, but most of the time just absolutely stupid picks. Uh, you mean drafting Alexa
1: and then Nikki Cross? That's one of them. Drafting oh, Alexa. Trading them after the next show for
0: something,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, p- picking Lacey Evans uh, before Kevin Owens, right? That makes no sense. And this is not knocking on Lacey Evans. This is just Kevin Owens is a former multiple-time champion. Well, here here is a knock.
1: Picking Lucha House Party before At all. Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we got three stars for it. You got three stars who are who are have been regulated to not mid-card, but lower card jobbers. Like, that's actually their job role right now. Their job is to find a way to lose entertainingly. On the regular. Like and you pick them over Samoa Joe, like ha- sit down and have some realism about it. The other thing, and you're right, as I looked at this, the other thing is, let's release the list of the of the people in the pool in the exact order they're going to be drafted on the SmackDown.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they noticed about halfway through the night, and then we're like, oh crap, we gotta uh, make, of- make it up some lucha house party was picked above heavy machinery um or the street pop profits or whatever um but it's still it makes no i mean it makes no sense to waste a draft pick on the lucha botch party anyways yes. um especially uh, i don't know say anybody else is open yeah. well i mean just just looking here you know uh at that point uh, you, uh, I would have had a problem if you wanted to pick uh, the B team if you were definitely wanting to pick a, a tag. tag team group who um, by the way has no held tag team. titles mhm uh, okay. but no you didn't pick the B team um, the Heavy Machinery was still available at that point now admittedly you picked it later in that round for Smackdown but so you could have just put... I mean, I would take Heavy Machinery over Lucha Botch Party any day of the week. I would take B-Team over Lucha Botch Party. Um,
1: I'd take Sin Cara by himself over the Lucha Botch Party. At least, and Sin Cara is, like, the master of the botch.
0: Yeah. But, you know, or the Street Profits, who, don't get me wrong...
1: Have yet to they wrestle them.
0: Yeah, they haven't wrestled on main roster, but they also haven't watched a bunch on main roster. So, you know, I would have maybe chose them. But no, nope. had to let them sit there until the end of the thing. But then, like I say, the next day, they announced eight additional picks. Um, so at that point, uh, SmackDown picked the B-team, and uh, Apollo Cruz and Drew Gulak, and Heath Slater, and Tamina. And, uh... I gotta be honest, the fact that Tamina got picked at all is a crime, in my opinion.
1: So, so would you would you pick Tamina above the loser House party? That one is a tougher one. Or one, Natalia I'd... versus Tamina? Which one do you draft?
0: Um, well, I mean, fortunately, uh, Natalia had already been picked by Raw by that point. <laughs> um,
2: so Damn, the
0: actual draft order. Yeah, um, but that was also the one when Natalia got picked you saw the Raw War Room uh, all of the people from USA Network really? celebrating that they picked Natalia uh, and then you go over to the the fox war room with the giant CGI robot in it, and they're like breaking pencils and throwing stuff because they're angry that Natalia got picked and they didn't get a chance to or didn't pick her. And I'm like, it's Natalia, right? Um, I'm you not know saying they were breaking pencils. It um, was a training, actually, a training session for
1: Tyson Fury.
0: Yes, they were like, oh, this is how you do it, right? Eric but, Rowan showed us how to break this pencil. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> But, I mean, the, the simple fact is, like, as of the end of the draft on SmackDown, you had EC3 still available, who has been woefully underused. Um, and I, I would have picked him over Lucha House Party. I would have picked Drew Gulak over Luciano's party. Or Apollo Crews. Or Heath Slater. Heath Slater's woefully underused, but come on, man. The dude's got kids.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, and, and he's a willing jobber, too. Just like they are. So yeah. go ahead and chop him out, man. I mean, he'll do the job. He'll show up when you want him to. He'll do. He'll host a game night
0: for you.
2: Yeah. The
0: dude's got kids. Charisma out the wazoo. I just don't know why yeah. we don't see him. Yeah. Heck, if if you don't want to have him wrestle, if you're just not sold on him as a wrestler, put him with someone. Have him have him be a Sami Zayn style valet for someone. You know. Um.
1: Have you seen the game nights? He's phenomenal with the Miz. <laughs> Those two bands are great. What a wonderful He's- tag team they'd be. So then and we you know. Get know to- the Miz can-
0: Tag team, yeah, exactly. So, so then you get to RAW, and once again they have the battle over who gets the first draft pick. Which, of course, RAW is going to get the first draft pick because we've already been over this. RAW is going to take the first draft pick, and so you've got Seth Rollins, then Brock Lesnar, then Charlotte Flair, then the New Day, all based off of the the draft board for this that one. That's fine. Um. You know, but then you get down. uh, Andrade picked before Daniel Bryan.
2: Rusev. I that
1: move. I agree with Andrade over Daniel Bryan.
0: I I I, just from a from a historical standpoint, right? Andrade uh, over Daniel Bryan. Andrade over uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Andrade.
1: I I said Andrade over Daniel Bryan.
0: I know, but I'm just I'm just pointing out the people who got picked after I mean, Andrade. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, and I'm going to go back to this, because Daniel Bryan
1: right now is the Peyton Manning of pro wrestling. He he was great. He was really, really great. He's good on a mic, and you put him in commentary, and he's great and all that stuff. But do I need another concussion? Do I need another neck injury? Do I need another this? Do I need another that? Um, I'm going to take an Andrade, who's not injury-prone, who puts on a great show, so I'm going to take your Ben Roethlisberger's. I'm going to take your guys who are able to perform still, over that, which, so I you can't insult that one. Can insult I, I can a lot of other. You can insult I, a
0: lot of other Andrade ones, but not that one. I I can, and I'm a fan of Andrade. I just think it. I mean, it just to me broke the immersion of this whole thing. You know, if you are doing a whole new draft for the NFL, right? And uh, Peyton Manning decides to come out of retirement. uh, And. You're
1: right. He's going to be the fifth or sixth quarterback picked.
0: He's going to be right up there. Someone's going to take him, regardless of how old he is, right? Or whatever. So I just don't understand that one. But I mean, just looking down, you know, you got Andrade picked above Shinsuke, uh, picked above uh, the tag team of. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, which would be a two-for-one deal there. Uh, Samoa Joe, uh, who definitely should have been picked higher. The current King of the Ring, King Corbin, uh, the probably goes down in history as the, at least in America, the greatest luchador of all time, Rey Mysterio, um, you know, it just makes no sense. He's all kind of take me out of it. And then the fact that Jinder Mahal was taken 18th overall, um, and Samoa Joe was taken 21st, and The Miz 22nd, and, and you know, just like Rey Mysterio 26th. Hey. Like, there's no rhyme or reason for this. He is the modern day
2: Maharaja
0: yeah that's fine do you know why they don't have Maharajas anymore in (laughs) India I believe there was a war over it anyway so that's that's my thing and then of course after that one when uh, these people were all supposed to be free agents they do another supplementary pick at which point uh, Rockets Cesaro Hawkins and Ryder Dana Brooke no excuse me Raw gets Hawkins and Ryder, uh, the Iconics, Mojo Raleigh, yeah. No Way Jose, and Sarah Logan. And SmackDown got Luke Harper, Fire and Desire, Drake Maverick, Dana Brooke, and Cesaro. But so wait, 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 wait.
1: So so you're telling me that the last
0: male competitor
1: taken competitor taken was No Hay- No Way Jose?
0: Uh The last competitor, male competitor, yes. No Way Jose in the supplement.
1: Sounds like the draft was perfect.
0: Well, I don't know. I'm fine with him being the last pick. Oh, I'm fine with him being not picked at all. But I will (laughs) also point out that Titus O'Neil went number 28. And Cesaro and Luke Harper both went in the supplemental draft later. Yeah, that's... Well...
1: Luke Harper was just so they could land him with uh, with his, his ginger buddy.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, it was mostly because they didn't want to say his name on TV because they're angry at him because he's still not signing a contract, even though they're like, hey, we put you back on TV, right? You should be happy now.
1: I'm telling you, I have written that storyline, and as soon as he leaves, it will be part of our fantasy booking. Oh, I promise movie. you, because that storyline could have been done. So good. Even with the last six months of him not being on TV. So freaking good.
0: He's anyway. such a good wrestler and it's woefully underused. It makes yes. Sense. And then the following thing, following uh, the raw one, the next day on their new TV show on Fox Sports One backstage. uh... Triple H announces that there was a trade between Raw and SmackDown where Alexa Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were traded from Raw to SmackDown in exchange for, and I quote, future draft pick consideration.
1: Now hold on, Here's, here's the part that really pisses me off about that. So they just traded two picks that were in the same round. It was Alexa, somebody else, and then Nikki Cross by Raw on that round.
0: Nikki Cross... T- t- I gotta look at it again, because I think it might have actually been two different rounds.
1: They were um, really close together, if that's the case. But Alexa
0: Bliss was number 11, mm. and Nikki Cross wasn't until 18, so it was two separate rounds.
1: Okay, but very close together. Mm-hmm. Very close together. That Number one, I'm not stupid. I'm drafting tag teams as tag teams, even if there's individual competitors who are better there.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take the maximum. You know, if... If You're playing fantasy football and they're like, hey, you can get these two wide receivers uh, for one pick, or you can get one of them for one pick. I don't care if I don't need two wide receivers and I only want one of them. I'm taking both of them if they're only counting as one pick. I cut the other guy at some point, if I have to. Trade them? You got value.
1: Yeah, apparently you can trade them, so let's just go ahead and trade them. No, but we give two draft picks to get them. Mm -hmm. At 11 and 18, so it's not exactly like it's super far down the line. No. Two draft picks to get them. One draft pick is what you're going to get back, maybe, in consideration. Yeah.
0: I, and that's all uh, based on them remembering this down the road whenever they have their next draft, whether Here's it's after game. WrestleMania or a full year from now.
1: It's all kayfabe, so literally throw a little kayfabe cash at them for it. Yeah, say, hey, they,
0: they, uh, we traded them for... Or, you say that, you, you just say, hey, uh, SmackDown had signed... Uh, Ember Moon and Jeff Hardy and traded yeah, them. Too.
1: Sign and then they traded him over.
0: Yeah.
1: Or uh Rob freeing up Cap Space and cut them. And so SmackDown picked them up. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's,
2: there's a, a, million a million better, better
1: things thing. than what just happened. I think we talked about the million better ideas than what just happened. A little bit last week Here's the thing that frustrates me about that So you pick up um, and, and this is where where our crimes are, are linked You pick up these these superstars And we talked a little bit earlier tonight and That's why I said we'll have to hold off Because it's my next crime um, And it has to do with the draft So we draft And in women's wrestling right now uh, I mentioned on Raw Or on Smackdown right now We have four prior title, title holders one of those four is in that su- is in that number one contenders match. One of them is the current champion. One I don't know why she's all of a sudden not on TV again. Maybe she went back to Cabo or wherever, and she's pissed off again. Because um, we haven't seen her since she lost to Becky. Sasha, have we seen her?
2: I think we. Uh, have. No,
0: she's been she's been injured, Le- legitimately injured apparently. Oh.
2: Uh, not like
0: a real serious one. I think it was a back injury, but...
1: And then last but not least, we've got Alexa. Now, Alexa Bliss is, by leaps and bounds, one of the best heels in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least on the women's side. We are starting to see... I, I would say Charlotte's up there with Alexa. We are starting to see that Bailey maybe has that ability. And we know that Sasha kind of has some healness, but she's certainly not Alexa level. Um, I can't think of a better female heel, with the exception of Naya, which is more go-away heat, I think, than actual heat. Um, there's a lot of fans who don't like her injuring people. Um, Amen. <laughs> that that head bob was one of the biggest I've seen in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, yeah, so we, we get all of that Right now, and that's our number one contenders match. I mean, on the bright side, Carmella loses. We're getting a new number one contender. Yeah. Somebody who's never had it. Before. Uh, but but on top of that, we've got Nikki in that match, and not Alexa. What are they doing? Like like here's the deal. I mean, on on Raw, you're gonna keep playing the same record over and over and over again, even though it keeps skipping back. We've got Charlotte and Becky. Wonder where that's going. You know, like... That's gonna be the same thing. And on SmackDown, we're trying to scratch the record by breaking our own rules? Is that not what they just did? They broke their own rules so that they could scratch the record and have Nikki in that match? Is that is that what you're seeing?
0: I guess. I'm trying I, to apply yeah. logic to this is hurting my brain.
1: <laughs> so... So yeah, the the sling back and forth, we've actually already created a new version of the the wildcard rule. Yes, it's genius!
0: I'm a genius. But well, like, you know, I mean I'm just looking here at this thing and, and just like Titus O'Neill was picked uh a number twenty-eight, right, on Raw, right? <laughs> Authors of Pain went undrafted. I'm not dogging Titus O'Neill. He's definitely got a place, but Authors of Pain should have been a big deal drafted. That's they should be a big deal, and they're trying to make him a big deal. They eventually announced that they signed after the draft as a free agent. So not a some free agent drafted. But but here's here's like uh the Ascension was not in either draft pool. Why? Put them in a draft pool and have them go undrafted and then you can, you know, just stick them in there. Just because they're in the pool doesn't mean they have to get picked.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. The entire um, roster should be covered in those draft pools. Yeah. The cologne weren't
2: still, in either pool.
1: You don't get drafted, you're on NXT. Just point awesome. by period. If yeah. you don't,
0: you're on an NXT. I think, they, I think they could have a free agent signing period. I mean, think about it. The, the NFL draft is like a whole weekend sort of a thing. It starts yep. Thursday, and you're watching Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, it's like all the free agent signings, and you're in it, right? So you have it be where, for the two yep. days following the Raw, it's free agent signing period. Because, I mean, check out this list of people who were not in any of the draft uh, the Ascension The Colognes Ember Moon, even though she's out with an ankle injury she still could have been on one of the draft Jeff Hardy Matt Hardy uh, Lana, even though we know she's going to Raw because of that stupid storyline right? Lars Sullivan yes! uh, Maria Kanellis Maurice who's still left- listed as an active uh, Was Mike for- Kanellis in a draft pool? Uh, he was, I believe, um, but considering he just asked for his release very publicly, I'm not surprised that they didn't put him on one of the lists. Um, well, I'm
1: sure he hates the existing storyline.
0: That, that was a lot of it. He just feels like he's, he's not being used at all and he wants out, uh, but, but so, um, Mickey James, Naomi, we mentioned, Nia Jax, Ruby Riot, Seamus, And the Usos. Now, admittedly, a lot of those people are injured, but here's the deal. If you're a quarterback in the NFL and you've got a shoulder injury come draft day, you're still in the pool for the draft. You still have a shot at being drafted. You're just a fifth
1: or sixth rounder or a free
0: agent. Or a free agent. So there's there's no reason that these people weren't on the list. That's just laziness on WWE's part that they didn't bother to take their entire roster and split it amongst those lists and i know those lists were were really just to try to make it so you had a reason to want to still watch on raw because if you didn't have separate pools then come smackdown all the big names would go uh and then raw would just be the sixth round of the nfl draft where no one really watches it live they just kind of wait to see who their team signs you know what i mean um Uh, but it's still it was still just a a
1: stupid way to absolutely yeah oh I sat wrong absolutely yeah I agree Um, I hope you're listening to this later and cutting out my cracklies I apologize folks I will get a new headset I got busy today and did not get a chance to I'm mad at myself more than anybody else Anyway, um, yeah, I, I and, I, and fortunately, we actually this took the amount of time that two crimes takes. Um, this was spot on. Both of us had these woes with this particular setup. Um, find, choose your path. You know, it, it's one of those things where we've talked about failed storyline for quite some time we've talked about not knowing what the plan is we've talked about hearing Bischoff's take on things by the way little crime there maybe later if you want for a misdemeanor Um, we've talked about knowing the long term plan does it have to be adjustable yes because people do get injured but know where you're going and, and I'm sorry, this Fox deal was completed nine months ago, is that right?
0: A year? Yeah, nine months or so, something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was completed so long ago, we should not have this issue right now. It was inked, like it, it's not just talked about nine months ago. It was completed nine months ago. It's, inked, it's signed. This is happening. You've got one season. And you've got your large deal for five seasons. Guaranteed. Five years guaranteed. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to keep you on. But five years guaranteed. And that's what you're going to do with it. That's how you're going to approach It's willy-nilly on day... I don't know. Ten from the end. You finally make up a plan. And it's so incoherent. And foolish. And and disgusting and I'm gonna call it that that's what it was it just was I don't know I I don't even know what charges to bring like laziness yeah yeah uh, criminal sloth (laughs) like I don't know what you can call this it was uh yeah that's probably the, the closest to a a legal term that there is um uh, uh, procrastination? I don't know. <laughs> like, um, traveling too slow in the fast lane. Whatever it is, it was bad. And it's bad to their fans. Um, just... It was unorganized. It was rules constantly changing. Um, I don't almost wonder if like Triple H was involved and maybe he's trying to make those two brands look so foolish that his brand looks the best
0: I don't know and, and you know I mean I get it why NXT wasn't included a lot of other people you know were frustrated that NXT wasn't included there were no columns from NXT but uh, you just launched NXT onto USA Network uh, you need and the only much- spot goes head to head against the competitor yeah and you need pretty much every star that you have on NXT. Like, NXT would be gutted if you drew up, you know, uh, you pulled up any of the people that make sense to pull up. You know, pulling oh, up Johnny Gargano, pulling up uh, Adam Cole, uh, the, the rest of the Undisputed Era, pulling up Velveteen Dream. Pull, I mean, you're you're talking about absolutely gutting that show and, and cutting it off at the knees right when it needs to have as much...
1: Well, and, and as much as you and I have both begged him to pull up Shayna Baszler and, and the Horsewomen, yeah. um, that women's division is not ready to stand without a significant heel right now. Well, um,
0: and, and us, us doing that argument was all before they put... It on USA Network. Now that it's on USA Network, it's not some niche show that's just on the WWE Network that only like the really diehard fans and marks watch. It's on USA Network. It's out there. It is main roster. So you need to keep it stacked as much as you can. And you know, I I don't even like the term call up anymore because I don't think it's an up move. No,
1: no, no, it's the better show right now.
0: Yeah,
1: In fact, I'm they're... not even gonna say lateral. It's a better show. It's it's the one I would want to be
0: on if I was a competitive wrestler. It's the one I'm look forward to most to watching of the WWE products each week. Like, yeah. we're recording this on the Thursday night. Uh, I know tomorrow night is SmackDown. I'm not exactly excited, you know. Uh, but and and same with Monday nights, you know. I, I'm not excited to see Raw, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited to see some matches. I love Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander's phenomenal. I mean, there's matches that I want to see. But if you if you said, hey, you can only watch WWE one night out of the week, Wednesday night it is, hands down. Yeah. yeah well, and and that's independently.
1: Let alone if, and and we asked each other this question earlier this week. If you can only watch wrestling that occurs on one night of the week, what night are you going to choose? And hands down, it's going to be Wednesday. That's without AEW. We would choose. I I think I agree with you right now. I would choose NXT over SmackDown and Raw.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, That's without AEW occurring the same night. You know, the best night for wrestling is supposed to be Sunday's. And it wasn't. It's not anymore. Um, and behind Sundays was supposed to be Mondays. That certainly isn't that. I mean, Mondays the... Mondays the C show? Do I dare say that? Maybe. I mean, in WWE's eye? I mean, even by their own ownership, their ownership wants, wants SmackDown to be the A show. So... I mean, in, in their ownership side, they're at, Monday's the B show, but I really think it's the C show compared to... Because I, I will say SmackDown looks like it's putting out a better product right now. Um, if only that we don't have to watch a Rusev and Landa line.
0: You know, a, a broken marriage. I I could live the rest of my days without watching anything uh, in that storyline ever again. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just... Uh, poor Bobby Lashley. I mean, you go from being this hated heel, wonderful hated heel in in Impact, who's probably been the best thing that's happened to him in a long, long time, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go back to WWE and I'm going to look good, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to sleep and, with another his wife. And and the sad okay. thing is they. That- They're doing this whole thing on the Fox. They're putting Brock Lesnar there because he's a legitimate sports star in MMA. They've got uh, Cain Velasquez because he's legitimately the one who took the title off uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. You've got the whole Tyson Fury angle going on right now. But no one mentions on WWE that Bobby Lashley has a... Better MMA record than Brock Lesnar did. Percentage wise, yeah. Yes,
1: but he's never won the, the title.
0: No, he's never won the title, but his record uh, was actually now he he wasn't in UFC, he was in Bellator, Bellator right? But he, well, the he other legitimately thing consider- had a good record. He was 15-1-0. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing to consider is Jake Hager right now on the competing brand is an active MMA fighter formerly known as Jack Swagger is an active MMA fighter in Melator, and I think Jake Hager, if I remember right, is unbeaten
0: right now. I
1: don't know that for a fact, but I think he's
0: unbeaten right now. He's unbeaten, but he's only had two matches. And they were both against kind of schlubs, so.
1: Still, I don't. It, it doesn't matter. He's an active. That's somebody who's an active MMA fighter, unlike Brock or Kane, who are both past their prime and no longer active MMA. Tyson Fury is an active boxer, who is on hiatus right now, holding a title, and we already know the boxer storyline. Tyson Fury's winning that. Know if the answerbots, and, and also unbeaten some Fury. So, I don't know. I, I don't know where main roster's going. I think that the draft was indicative that they don't know where they're going, and I think that's really probably the biggest conviction that we can throw out right
2: now.
0: So. I just, <laughs> I just think it's. It's just frustrating, you know. Hey, I
1: But there's still Wednesdays.
0: I mean, if you're Rusev, uh, who rumored was trying to just wait out his contract, uh, they bring you back and they put you in this storyline. Doesn't it just seal the deal in your mind that you're gonna wait yeah, out I the think, rest of your contract? I think way? it would
1: solidify it. I, and I don't know if him and Lana's contracts end at the same time. Uh, you know, brother, I was in a storyline once with my wife. Now I ain't got no wife. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Exactly. I'm
0: so over this. Can
1: we please end it?
0: It's the same thing we talked about Mike Kanellis. You know, you put him in this storyline. That's just... You no, know, Mike Canellis had just signed a new deal. Uh... Nice. And then you started to give him a push, the three-week push, and then you're like, nope, we're going to put you in this stupid storyline. And and it's sad, because Mike Canellis is legitimately a pretty decent wrestler. He's not main event material, in my opinion, but he's definitely upper mid-card.
1: Oh, know? and I think he's small enough to do 205
0: Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been doing that.
1: He uh, can be a really solid mid-card on NXT. I mean, here's the deal. Now, now that NXT's on television you can hone some of these people in and you can make them enjoyable. I don't know that I've ever seen a wrestler get the pop that Finn Balor got the first night he showed up on Raw. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think I've ever seen a guy get that level of pop um, without being there for ages, like being an old retiree. Mm -hmm. NXT can develop that pop and it can develop even more of it right now. So go ahead and move your Mike Kanellis Kanellis I Whatever he is Kanellis, Kanellis. Kanellis. Go ahead and move him to NXT Because they've done 205 Live with him And that failed because Apparently the only storyline that can be developed About Maria Is mean, she's kind of a What's the word I'm looking for
0: Which but with a B
1: Oh yeah seasonal um. Yeah, which which is what we're gonna go with. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's... she's been good at not being that character. So yeah, I agree with you. I I don't know how um, the crime of the draft turned into this, but it's probably pretty indicative of of maybe the draft is telling us a lot about WWE not having a clue what their path is with anybody. Not having priorities. Anyway.
0: Well we'll move on to misdemeanors.
2: Go ahead. Misdemeanors and miscellaneous
0: So uh I only have a couple misdemeanors. Uh, one of them is a misdemeanor on the fans, including us, and the misdemeanor is sending mixed signals. I, it just kind of came to me earlier this week. I was watching, I was watching, um, Being the Elite, and they made a joke on it, just kind of a throwaway skit with referee Rick Knox, who, uh, was the referee in the main event match on Dynamite. Um, that, uh, we we've, we've thrown a lot of shade at because he didn't call for the DQ when, uh, Moxley attacked Kenny Omega in the middle of that match. Uh, and, and we're all like, ah, it should have been a DQ, should have been, well, during this this sketch, it has Kenny Omega coming up and yelling at Rick Knox, why didn't you call for a DQ? He attacked me. He put me through a glass table, all this stuff. And Rick Knox made a couple other comments, but then as Kenny Omega walked away, he goes, who wants a DQ in the main event? And it hit me. I was like, no less than four days later, we're watching Hell in a Cell, and we see what we observed to be a disqualification at the time. It later was retconned to uh, referee stoppage. But we see a... DQ in the main event and we absolutely flip tables and, and flip our lids and ah, how can there be a DQ in the main event bra, bra, bra. So, so we as fans stand in charge with sending mixed signals we just need to make up our damn minds do we want DQs in main events or do we not and, and this isn't exclusive to WWE really I mean you see it in uh, football in American football, when it's the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and uh, a pass goes downfield and, and it's kind of a contested path and all the fans are like, ah, that was, that was definitely pass interference. But the referees always say, we don't want to end this game on a penalty. We don't want us calling pass interference to give the other team or give one of the teams the win we would rather them win on their own merits or lose on their own merits it's the same thing I think in WWE or in wrestling in general that uh, you know we just need to make up our minds if, if we don't want the referees to call disqualifications in a main event match then, then we should be fine with them not calling a disqualification in a main event match you know but, I, I
1: think most of the upheaval, though, about, about Hell in a Cell is it's
0: Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that, and I get it, right? And we were angry about that, but this mostly comes back to the fact that we were so angry about that, but we were so angry earlier because they didn't do a disqualification in the other match. And and so I just had to take a step back and realize that I was holding them to separate standards and understanding that, you know, there was a reason they didn't call for a DQ in that in that Kenny Omega-Young uh, Bucks match. Um, and that was mostly storyline. They didn't want it to end in the DQ. They wanted it to continue so they could end the match the way they wanted to. Now, it could have easily been solved by making sure that referee Rick Knox was not looking or maybe a ref bump or something. Distracting. Um, a distraction. Uh to to do it. But at the same point, I I totally can see them saying, hey, the referee said, you know made the decision that this match should continue because we want to see a winner. And Anyways, that's that, it's just a misdemeanor because I just think we we all kind of need to take a step back and realize that they're telling a story and sometimes in the story uh, they need to tweak the, the idea just a little bit on the fly. And maybe, maybe it was all meant that Rick Knox was supposed to be distracted or ref-bumped and something happened and he didn't get ref-bumped or didn't get distracted. Who knows? But we just need to step back and be like, okay, whatever. Let's move on. It's not the end of the world. Uh,
1: I'm going to issue a third offense misdemeanor to Vincent Kennedy McMahon for using... um, Because you said it's not the end of the world, but it is the end of that crime, just so you know. Um, For using exactly what John John Moxley accused him of Taking whatever you talk about in a segment, or say your music plays, um, to a excessive beyond level, and now we have to because somebody's music starts with "burn it down." We have to start a fire in the Firefly Funhouse.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have Ricochet come out with with toy guns going pew pew. <laughs> Please, so, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, do not listen to this and take that as a, as a suggestion. You do is, not need to see oh, it. Oh, I, I want to see it so bad now.
1: And then
2: uh, another
0: misdemeanor, because I, I've been thinking about this a lot this week, and I really think that with the... Uh, ending of Hell in a Cell last week going the way it did I kind of think and we've talked about this before but I kind of think WWE just killed Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view concept like I think it's to the point now that next year they shouldn't have Hell in a Cell they should have something else at that point they can still have a Hell in a Cell match but I think as a pay-per-view concept you've killed it
1: Well, and as a pay-per-view concept, here's the deal. Two of the matches were Hell in a Cell matches. If you're going to have something be a pay-per-view concept, the TLC pay-per-view should be tables matches, ladder matches, chairs matches, TLC matches. um, Specific rules. Again, I don't understand a chairs match because it just allows chairs to be used as a weapon. Okay. (laughs) Um, But don't uh, use
0: a kendo stick.
1: Yeah, that's, against, that's the rules. against the rules but um, tables matches obviously you gotta put your opponent through the table to to win the match a ladder match we all know how those go TLC matches can be interpreted several different ways um, but anyway uh, I think if you're going to do a match style pay per view in other words um Hell in, a cell.
0: Chamber, hell in a Cell. Elimination Chamber.
1: Everything needs to be performed in that style during that 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 thing. So at Elimination Chamber, you have four matches. But there's 24 competitors by doing that. So you have a pay-per-view. Or five or six matches. Whatever you want to do for matches. Um, same with
0: same or if with, you're Vince and uh, McMahon, 24 matches.
1: <laughs> Correct. Correct. I had Make just nine hours long. Royal that's Rumble. Royal Rumble allows for for what three, four matches before that. Other than that, it's the Royal Rumble match. Like that's the marquee match. Uh, but the match itself is what they're talking about. It just only happens at that pay per view. So I suppose you could do some Hell in a cell. You can't start with the cell and end with the cell and pull it up. Just put the damn thing down when you put it down.
0: I think it just brings us to the bigger problem, and we've talked about it before. I don't think either of us actually like the, the idea of an entire pay-per-view named after a specific match type. No. Uh, well, I
1: don't believe cool. it. Here's the deal. I have a feud with somebody, and they keep running away,
0: mm-hmm. and it's June... I don't want to a <laughs> well but that's the deal is the the hell in a cell match type used to be built built to organically because it was like you say uh, a, a slimy heel character who wouldn't wouldn't stay in the ring would keep running away so you have to put them in a cell so they can't run away. Um, and turning it into a match-specific pay-per-view means now you're shoehorning people into Hell in a Cell for no reason whatsoever, you know? And it, it always yeah. happened almost by a surprise. It's like, oh, crap, what month is it? It's almost the end of September. Well, we need to challenge someone to a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> oh, crap.
1: We've already booked Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. suppose that's going to be in a Hell in a Cell Guess we're going to have to make DQs work in Hell in a Cell or ref stoppage.
0: And so, so it's the same thing with Elimination Chamber. The Elimination Chamber doesn't need to be a whole pay-per-view. It can be a match type that comes about when you've got six competitors all vying for one title. You know what I mean?
1: Speaking of which, a year to a year and a half ago... How phenomenal would it have been to get three or four on SmackDown, three or four, um, elimination chamber matches on SmackDown. You could have run that whole year and every other pay-per-view, pay-per-view could have been an elimination chamber match because remember they had AJ, Daniel, uh, Joe, Kofi. I mean, they were constantly providing quality, um, number one contenders, including, and I know you're going to, you're going to look at me like I'm going to drive from Omaha to where to central Nebraska and stab you, but, uh, including, uh, gender. Um, you.
2: <laughs>
1: but at the end of the day, he was a title holder. And so you had the, and Kevin Owens was in that category. I mean, there were so many great competitors that whole year, you could have run five or six elimination chamber matches, including Baron Corbin. And I know a lot of a lot of the jury out there doesn't like Baron Corbin, but at the end of the day, uh, he's run some pretty good heel work, even back then, and it's even better now. Uh, Orton was on on SmackDown at that time. You know, they were putting out a heck of a product as a whole, and it wasn't members of the Shield versus Brock Lesnar. So, so, you could have that. You're right. You could have that pop up anytime you wanted to.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, he, how did Bischoff introduce it when he was the SmackDown Commissioner? We've got too many guys going guy after this title. Yes. We're going to do something called the Elimination Chamber. And then he explained it. You know,
0: that works. Exactly. You know, you can have these, especially if you remove them from a pay per view named after them and you just put them as a match type that can be pulled out whenever, you can build to it organically. And then it leads to one of these B-level pay-per-views that normally doesn't have a lot of excitement suddenly having a lot of excitement for it. Imagine if you're going into Backlash or Stomping Grounds or No Way Out no way out is a perfect, you know, one for you to bring a hell in a cell into or an elimination chamber into. Yeah. You say, and this That's this month at No Way Out, we're putting these six competitors into elimination chamber. Uh, wow!
1: Man. Well, the other thing that you can do with that, and here's here's what happened with gimmick matches pre Attitude Era. Those gave us the opportunity to see the guy that you weren't going to see go after a title. HBK became a number one contender for the world championship after Diesel won the world championship because of his exceptional performance at Survivor Series. He had a great performance at Survivor Series, he was dominant. Suddenly, they gave him a world title shot. He beats Bob Backlund. He wins the title. Now HBK has a reason to go after Diesel because he's their former best friends, and HBK is turned on him. It turns into storyline. And no, I, and yes, I, I guess I did just use 1995 as the example of how to make today's product better. That's really sad. Yeah. But it's Anyways. true. Anyways. <laughs> that's what those those gimmick matches were best at doing they were best at giving uh, the Royal Rumble was best at giving maybe a new guy a shot
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Survivor Series was best at showcasing 5 dudes at a time 10 total in the match yeah.
0: so I don't know ok do you have any other misdemeanors?
1: No, I'm going to limit it because we are pushing time, buddy. We are, uh, time there's not enough of it. I
0: think we had that That is a crime in the past. So, So we're going to move on to some special charges.
2: Special charges.
0: Just little things. Uh, the first one is I have an announcement. I have made an agreement on behest of my wife who pointed this out to me. She says I'm unfairly harsh on my charges against Natalia. And so I am announcing that I've made an agreement with Natalia. She is now my confidential informant. I will no longer charge her with boring matches. Um, I I will let her slide on those. Um, they're a bigger fish to fry, and so I'm just going to go after them. Natalia will get a pass from now on for me.
1: Con, con, confidential? You just told everybody you're confidential informant?
0: That's okay. I'm going to blur her face and change her voice.
1: Interestingly enough. <laughs> interestingly <laughs> I, I am curious to find out where she keeps the microphone in her outfit while she's doing informant stuff for you.
0: A lady never reveals her secrets. <laughs> and know, then... I uh, <laughs> just throwing it out there because I don't have an informant. <laughs> you can charge her if you want to. I'm just saying that... that I've brought it up enough before we're done beating this particular dead horse Uh, and then the other thing I have is just a clarification uh, on Charlotte uh, on the FBI that went out this week we uh, did a segment talking about Charlotte and the potential for um, uh, some sort of wardrobe malfunction on it And I made uh, a comment that Charlotte would not be uh, Vince McMahon's first choice um, for that if he were booking it. And uh, it's been pointed out to me that it may have come off across as me saying that Charlotte is not attractive. Um, And that's not what I meant it to be. I'm just saying that from a, a Vincent Kennedy McMahon standpoint... Um, for those types of things, he has a very specific type that he tends to go to. They're typically
1: those. a little more petite than Charlotte,
0: is what you're suggesting. They, well, not just petite, but Charlotte's a good-looking woman, but she's not Eva Marie. She's not...
1: Who, who by the way, will never be Charlotte.
0: No. <laughs> In no, terms and, of... And, and, and that's the deal. If Vincent Kennedy McMahon has any say in it, that sort of a storyline will be taken by a fitness model or a a Lana. model that gets brought in uh, to become a wrestler. I, and it's, you know, Tori Wilson uh, and Stacey Keebler. Um right now they have Lana. That's, that's mm-hmm. not a great
1: performer. I don't think it'd even be Lacey Evans. But yeah, I get what you're saying. No, Excellent. Charlotte is a very beautiful woman. Um, her outfits, and the only reason I brought it up is her outfits are
0: push the envelope, designed to to show off the girls yeah. uh, a little more than some of the other ones. And I get, yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so, but Charlotte's
1: beautiful. She absolutely is. Andrade is a very lucky man. Yeah, and uh, that's,
0: I, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. In no oh. way did I mean that she's not attractive. I don't I just,
1: think anybody thought that. So, uh, well, my so. wife thought that.
0: So, uh, <laughs> she she That's sent something. me a text message and saying, "You're so harsh to Charlotte, calling her unattractive." I'm like, "I did not call her unattractive," <laughs> I, and if it sounded like I meant it that way, that is not my intention. No, I, I just was pointing out that DKM has a type that he, the, he goes. Those types of
1: gags. At the end of the day, I may have even said, I know I said that it was a pervasive thing. I wasn't trying to be pervasive. I've seen the routine in WWE. I know that we're headed somewhere with more than just the one tacky storyline with the women. There will be yet another one. Uh, good job in the draft, though, to WWE. Very, very good job in this. They still manage to keep all the significant others together. Becky and Seth are on the same brand. Charlotte and Andrade are the same brand. And Alistair Black and Zelina are all on the same brand. So very good. And Bobby and
0: Lana are on the same brand.
1: God, I can stab you for that. (laughs) That's my (laughs) counterstab moment. Oh Uh, my
0: god. But Uh, on that note. Um, I think we will uh, draw I think, like,
1: this I want to make, make one special apology okay. um, as a fan I'm going to go ahead and apologize to Eric Bischoff for whatever the hell just happened to you in professional wrestling there is absolutely no reason for the last three months of however that got set up to happen without some explanation you may have received it Bischoff Um I think the fans deserve it. You literally got two shows of the new show and you were like, man, whatever happened, transpired, transpired. I'm looking forward to 83 weeks just
2: to know. Yeah. But
0: on that note, we will draw this episode to a close. Um, As always, I I push you to like, share, subscribe, give us five stars on your podcast listening platform of choice. Uh, Head over to anchor.fm. It shows uh, lists of all the places that you can listen to us, as well as on anchor.fm. But on top of that, you can send us a voice message so we can use your voice in our show. Um, Or you can click that little support tab. And throw a little money our way to help us make this episode, this season, this show better. Uh, help, help DA Fabe get a better microphone. Help me upgrade my audio editing system. Um, those are all things that uh, we definitely could help. use some help with. And we don't have a Patreon page or anything like that. But the support through Anchor um, gives us that capability. Um, so, so head on over to anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU and click that support, send us some money, and that allows us to do this, because right now we're both working full-time jobs, uh, and this is just our side project, and getting a little bit of extra coming in helps us in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine to make this better, um, but on that note, I think, um... We are about ready to go. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at raw and order gets you to me and you can get to D.A. Fabe at
1: at D.A. Fabe. That's on Twitter at Dame Fabe. <laughs> Spelling it out. And. Nice oh my gosh, if you don't issue that crime that we talked about <laughs> six ago really soon, I'm going to do it without you.
0: <laughs> <I'm>
1: gonna, <laughs> I am going to crime steal. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to jump jurisdictions. You're going uh,
0: steal a crime? Isn't that a crime? To steal a crime? Maybe that Andy. maybe that gives you a freebie
1: to do the next one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, as always uh, from myself and DA Fabe thanks for listening uh, we are going to close the case on uh, these cases and send it out to the jury <laughs>